Hey, everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today. In fact, we've got Christian Bush, who's half of Sugarlands. You might know him from that, but he's done other things, too, and he's doing some great things with a couple other bands that I'm sure we'll talk about today because um, he's definitely excited about where he's going. And we're going to talk about some parts of his story and some music. So, Christian, are you here? Hey, good to see you. Go on. Well, I'm not seeing you, but good to talk to you. It's my COVID uh-huh. brain. I keep thinking that talking to people is seeing them. Yes. <laughs> now, 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 we could have done a StreamYard chat uh, where we, we could have done video. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I'm, I'm glad to be here. How can I help you? So um, as we get as we get started here, I always like to start the show the same way. How has COVID affected you, and how are you maneuvering through it? Well, you know, there's a, a, a phrase that I use all the time to remind myself to keep going, and it's uh, mm-hmm. never give up, right? And you'll see it like yeah, right. I just I post I post it on everything. I, I I write it into songs. And I think in the last two weeks, I'm starting to change my mantra from never give up to to every damn day. <laughs> yes. I think I'm, go- I think I'm going to, you know, I figured it would be over by now, but it, it's just not. But, um, right. you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we totally get that. I remember when, you know, we first launched a show back in January, and the goal of the show was 100 interviews first year. We thought, you know what, if we could interview 100 people first year, we'd be on top of the world, and we'd probably be further ahead than most hosts in their first year. And then COVID happened. And I remember telling Sandy, I was like, you know, um, this could be our year to shine because of this, because artists are going to need a place to talk. And so we bumped it up, and because of that, you are you are now our what I think it's two hundred and fifteenth interview. Oh well, good thing you guys have been lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because our goal was a hundred. Now the goal is three hundred. It is. <laughs> Every damn day. That's all I gotta say to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's about and that's about what we do for the show. Except, I mean, we try to take Sundays off, but six days a week we do. we're doing the show once or twice a day. Yes. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations, you guys. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Tell us a little bit of your backstory and how everything came about, um, so people can understand you as the person. Because, you know, I love the music and all that, but I like to know the person. So tell us a small piece of your backstory. Sure. I, um, you know, the internet, uh, knows some of my life, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) you know, it's a, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. If you go and Google me, you'll, you'll figure out a lot of things, but I was born (laughs) and, and raised in East Tennessee, way up in the mountains. And, um, I, uh, I was born into a family that, uh, was, uh, a, a cannery family. They 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 ran a cannery, and until I was about eleven years old, I because I'm the oldest of my generation, mm-hmm. I thought that that was oh, well. my job. I was good. Uh, my destiny <laughs> was to grow up and to 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 run a cannery that cans food, and um, 
by the time I was about 11, between 11 and 12 years old, my my family got into some very odd, like I still we still don't know what really happened, but um, yeah, they got to like an odd moment with the other side of the family, and they they got forced out of the cannery business, and um, huh. and so my my younger brother and I suddenly were going to be the first generation in you know very long time to just pretty much not have that kind of expectation on us. And weirdly, mm-hmm. um, we had one of those moms that signs you up for everything. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, I, 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 yeah, I hear you guys. I don't know if you're those kinds of parents, but, you know, like, keep your kids we will busy, be. right? Because they're young and, right now. And, uh, too. Yeah, yes. well, I'll tell you what. There's something else uh, when you're, our mom was very passionate about exposing us to everything, you know? So I'm, I took like, I was terrible at like Taekwondo class and I was, you know, like, but she would make you go, you know? And, and uh, one of the things that I did is she enrolled me in a, um, in a Japanese experiment (laughs) that was uh, uh, learning to play, classical music on the violin by ear with the theory wow. it was a japan it was a japanese theory that if you if you drop a child into any culture between mm-hmm. when their brain is learning language so that's between three and five years old that mm-hmm. they would learn that language and the oh, idea wow. was what happened what happens if you drop them into music will they learn huh. music as a language um so i was an experiment and uh so is my brother. So very odd, you know, being from East Tennessee, way up, you know, people ask me all the time if we had shoes, you know. <laughs> I'm like, no, That's I mean, funny. there are shoes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, as we got older, um, we didn't really have the expectations of our family because, of course, there was no, there was no cannery or family business anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So they 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 took what was left of the money that they had, and they kind of pushed it on sending us into um, schools that were just better than they were in the mountains. And yeah. um, oddly, my brother and I, if you fast forward through life, um, we started making records when I was about 13, and he was probably oh, wow. 11. And then we learned how to make records from the people – in uh, the biggest city near us, which was Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it was the writers who wrote for the Everly Brothers. And, oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Kind of their little studio. And, and the guy who ran it, his name was Danny, and he taught us how to make records. And weirdly enough, you know, fast forward in, into college, <laughs> I graduated college into my first record deal with Atlantic Records. And oh, wow. I've been on a label for since that day in 1992. You've done what very few people get a chance to do, which is really awesome, especially at a young age. Oh my gosh. I mean, like it's, it's to think that lightning would strike once was impossible, (laughs) that that it's, you know, to think that it, it happened four times or five times now. I, I I just, Uh I am, forever grateful and humbled and you know i i tell my own kids you know that their family was in the food business and and they look at me and they're like no it isn't dad 
our family's in the music business. And I was like, no, just your uncle and I are in the music business, but the rest of the family's in the food business. (laughs) So where was the link up for Sugarland? How did that get started? Um, Sugarland was the kind of the second second chance band for me. Mm-hmm. My my first oh, wow. my first uh band was a band called Billy Pilgrim. We signed to Atlantic Records in New York in early nineteen ninety two and ninety three. And mm-hmm. um it was during I mean if you want to put it in your mind, our peers at the time that we signed record deals at the same time were Matchbox Twenty and Hootie and the Bluefish oh, wow. and Collector oh, wow. Soul and Jewel. <laughs> So those were mm-hmm. my those were my that was my class of you your know? colleagues and yeah and it was very odd because I was <laughs> the youngest one in the room and we went around the world playing music Andrew and I my partner and um, when when we would come back to Atlanta um, it would be a really big deal you know because we were we were the 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 guys who made it so we were kind of carrying the mm-hmm. flag of of big dreams you know you can do this too. Yeah. And um, uh, at the, that's when I first met Jennifer, my partner in Sugarland. She was our opening act. Um, many years later, like five, six years later, uh, when we started Sugarland, we were looking for a singer because I, I just I didn't think my voice sounded like country music at the time. In the early two thousands, huh. I was like, they're gonna they're gonna laugh at me. <laughs> um, oh wow. And, so, yeah. but I knew I had the songs right. I just didn't, I just didn't know how to translate that. And um, one of the requirements uh, <clears throat> for everybody who auditioned was we had to write a song together. And mm-hmm. uh, the second song that Jennifer wrote was was Baby Girl. And I was like, Hey, everybody, this is uh, this is really good. <laughs> I've been, I've been doing this for a while, and I I think that's really good, and I I really think you ought to do this, Jennifer. <laughs> and oh, wow. um, so that's how it started. It was it was just a change from one band into the other. My partner in Billy Pilgrim, Andrew, had decided to go off to California, and he didn't want to be in the in the South anymore. And we had worked really hard, um, and had achieved amazing things, but. Mm-hmm. We we hadn't really done we hadn't sold the kinds of records that our peers had sold, but um, yeah. people loved the music. You know, it was it was hard to identify what it was. Was it alternative? Was it rock? Was it country? They didn't really know. Um, <laughs> but that you know, funny enough, that's one of the reasons we're probably on the phone today is revisiting that band. Uh huh. Right. Yes. A little full circle here, huh? It's kind of fun, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, just, you know, looking at your career, you just never know where it's going to lead us. Like, you know, some people, like you said, you know, some people dream of that, those few moments, and you've had so many of them. It's just amazing. It really is shocking, and a lot of my friends from one era don't know anything about the other one. So like <laughs> I'll show up right now and, and mm-hmm. like one of my, like when Darius Rucker started coming into country music, he walked in and he's like, Christian, what are you doing here? 
And I was like, what do you mean, what wow. am I doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> That's funny. And we were, we were giggling because both of us were on a rock band in the 90s, and now we're both in country bands in the 2000s. And there, there's just a, a certain amount of joy that happens when you are able to wake up and do this thing again. It's, yeah. it's such an impossible job, and it's an impossible <laughs> life. And yeah. you d- most people only get to ride – even this rocket ride for only two or three years, you know, and to have been able to do it for legitimately half my life right now. Wow. um, I I am so humbled and it's my responsibility to kind of do whatever I can do to never take it for granted. I understand that. And, and, you know, that's perfect lead in for where I want this to go now. Um, you know, a lot of people, they see, like, the Sugarlands, the Blake Shelton's, the, the Carrie Underwoods. They, they, they see the glory, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the tears that it takes to get there. And I always like to talk about that side of it because, to be honest, I don't think this side gets talked about enough at all. Nobody, nobody wants to talk about this. The artists do, but it seems like when I hear other podcasts, like, nobody talks about this. And – I'm like, when we started this, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to tell a quick story that will lead us into where I want this to go, and then we'll discuss that. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele for Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time in music. And one of the questions I asked Allison was, um, what advice she would give up-and-coming artists? And I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing anything else, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, the moment that you want it to be a career, you no longer own your life, really. Everybody else owns your, a piece of your life. Um, your friends and relatives, they never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to holidays, to weekends. But you can't, you're get, especially at the very beginning, you're, you're like hardcore grinding. You can't just say no. You can't cancel like they think you can. They're like, oh, this is my wedding. But they think... Because it's such a big day, you can just cancel, but you've got 40, 50, 60 people who are expecting you to be there. So you have no choice but to do that. You can't just cancel on that. Then there's days where you just feel miserable. You're, you know, you don't want to do anything. And then, and then there, you know, and all that. But if you got a gig that night, you got to get up there and smile like there's no tomorrow. But then she added, she goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music. Basically, if you can't see yourself doing anything, then go all in because that's the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. Sure. Um, you know, uh, a lot of jobs require you to to do uh, put in extra hours, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they, they require you to make sacrifices and choices in your life. You know, yeah. even if you were, if you, if you chose to go into the military, right. Or, or you're a long haul trucker or you have decided you want to be an accountant, but suddenly you didn't realize you were going to be gone 200 nights a year on auditing trips. You know, yeah. uh, like yeah. you don't, you don't, people don't, know exactly what they want to be when they're in high school or college, you know? Yeah. 
It mm-hmm. takes like I I still have friends who are like, man, I I wonder what I'm gonna be when I grow up, and they're like 35, you know. And <laughs> I I think um, wandering is a part of life, and it's a mm-hmm. big part of life. And I divide uh, a lot of people wander through music. Mm-hmm. They don't. They didn't. They they found their way to it. They love it. Mm-hmm. And they're only here for mm-hmm. a while and, until they wander yeah. on. And um, yeah. one of my friends, Matt Nathanson, he has a great term for this people. He calls them, uh, he calls them tourists. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I guess the other way to look at that is it's either that or this is a, this is a life that you chose, right? Or, or in yeah. many ways, it, it, chose you. it chooses you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, as a result, no one tells you when you sign up for this dream what it's going to cost. Yeah. And there are no, no matter how many biographies you read or how many documentaries you watch or even how, how many people you sit down with on your show right now, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many of those people do it. It's still harder than that. <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. And you can't really trust any other person's way that they got there because statistically it's not possible to repeat it. Yeah. So you, you have to find uh, in yourself each time you're faced with this. Like I had to miss my, my, uh, my grandfather's funeral because we were playing for a radio station in San Diego and if mm-hmm. I wasn't there, then they wouldn't play our song, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And that's one thing. But then, you know, you stack enough of those things up and you start asking yourself, like, well, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. But in the same breath, you find out who the tourists are really fast. You know? <laughs> I love that like, analogy. Yeah, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with passing through. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Right. And and some of the best artists are are people who who are so good at just being themselves that they ended up in this life. But you know, <laughs> for me, I, I'm mm-hmm. I keep thinking it's all going to go away tomorrow. So my commitment to this is about you know keeping it going. I even have friends who who don't even know what to do with their lives now that they don't play music anymore because they're just not as popular, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, I'm very lucky. I'm a weird little unicorn fairy dust. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how this keeps happening, but it has to do, I think, somehow with the the, the, the attitude of always stay humble beneath the vocation, you know, it's, yeah, I, it's, I am not the best at any of the things that I do and I, I want to get better and I don't care who you are. You got something to teach me. I love that attitude. And, you know, I, I remember watching a little Will Smith um, thing that he did, uh, I guess about 10 years ago, five years ago when he was on the top of everything. And I remember him talking about, that his attitude is, he goes, I am not the best at what I do, but I will outwork you. 
He says, I will, he says, if we're on the treadmill and that's what we're supposed to do, he says, I will go longer than you, even if I'm going to die on it. Oh yeah. Uh, that's similar. We have a similar saying, which is humans are by nature lazy. So uh, if you want to win, just keep going. Yeah. Yep. Every, everyone else will eventually stop. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny. That made me think of this little joke that, that I've heard for years where two people were in the woods and a bear shows up. And one of the guys, because they were barefoot, was um, got down to put his shoes on. And the other guy said, um, you can't outrun that bear. Why are you putting your shoes on? He, and then the guy looks up and says, I don't need to outrun the bear. I just need to outrun you. <laughs> <laughs> And, that, and that's really how music is. You have to, it's about outlasting, you know, everybody else. Because eventually, if your heart's not fully in this, there's going to come that day to where you fade away. Happens all the time. Yeah, and heartbreak's a part of music. I mean, I, yeah. the advice I give most people is that you're going to get your heart broken a lot, <laughs> and you, you you have to get used to it. And it gets it gets worse the longer it goes. Um, oh, wow. And you have to start getting into the habit of, of absorbing those kinds of hits, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's, it's not pretty and it's not going to be pretty, <laughs> but <laughs> no. it, it is, it is joyous and you got to find yeah. the joy, man. So was there ever a moment? Cause I know most artists who are up and coming, they have these moments and, and since you've been on the, on the top a lot, I'm sure you've had these moments too. Is there, has there ever been a moment to where you thought, is this even worth it? And how did you drive through those moments when they happen? Huh. Um, yeah, but I, I'm not sure I want to go very far into it, but I'll tell you this. Um, Sugarland mm-hmm. had a, we had a stage fall on our heads. Um, and oh, wow. it, it killed some people in our crowd. Oh yeah, that's right. And I remember that. I, I'm not going to talk much more about it, but those weeks and months following that was so confusing to me because you mm-hmm. know music was the one thing mm-hmm. that I could do that would truly never hurt anybody. Like yeah, music music yeah. hurts no one. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and to 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 have to reason through the idea that that people lost their lives because of music. Um, was debilitating, and I think that was a that was that was the hardest march. Oh wow! <clears throat> and you know, and I definitely understand that because again, you you probably questioned everything, which is rightfully so, um, because like you just said, and but you got through it, which is great because you're out there, you're doing good, again. And now let's talk about that side of it, you know, because again, what makes the sacrifices worth this? is those mo- those few glory moments. What are a few moments in your past that you've had to where you're like, wow, I got to do that. I know there's a lot of them, but just a couple that really mean something to you. Um, <laughs> okay. This is the totally opposite of the last part of the conversation. Um, I, I, I feel like it was a little surreal uh, when we got to be on Sesame Street, and, oh, okay. <laughs> and they 
they film it a whole year ahead of time, right? Before it oh, comes wow. out. I didn't know that. And, and they they film it all live, and, and we got to sing with Elmo. And Anyway, it turned out just by chance that I happened to be home a year from when we did it. And I was sitting on my sofa with my very young daughter, who was probably three or four at the time. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know it was going to happen, but it, it happened where that episode <laughs> came on. And we're kind of quietly sitting on the sofa, and it's just the two of us. And we're kind of – my daughter and I are like the same human being. Like we're a weird mm-hmm. – uh, uh, like we can communicate in odd, like, and like, as if we're like twin speak or something. And mm-hmm. she looked up at that television and then looked over at me and then looked back at the television. And she just had this <laughs> kind of weird look on her face. And she was like, <laughs> you know, Elmo. <laughs> and that was it. Like I, I just smiled and hugged her. And then we, we, we didn't speak about it ever again, but, it was like but, the but victory lap because I, I, that's the one thing that hurts the most is having to leave my family behind. And, mm-hmm. and uh, when I go out and travel I like that and to sort of have that little moment was really amazing. I love that. And you'll be hearing from our little one in a little while because our eight-year-old, we let him come and ask every artist one question because we are a family affair. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back and we're gonna play your song open all night and talk about that. How's that one sound? Fantastic. Hey, hang, all right, hang on the line. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Good times singing 
Thank you. Thank you very much. So tell us a little bit about that song and how that came together. Sure. That's the that's the first song on the uh, new Billy Pilgrim record. It's called In the Time Machine. And um, that was a record that was being made literally at the same time that uh, Sugarland was being invented. Oh, wow. wow. So if you want to cr- cross that in time, that's what it is. And Strangely, uh, that entire recording uh, only had one copy left because <laughs> everything burned in a fire. And oh, wow. As oh, wow. we got locked into quarantine, you know, every, we have, I don't know if you've been doing it, but I, I sort of dig into boxes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, all I could do is reorganize my room, you know. And yes. I found it. And oh, wow. I got in touch with Andrew, and I was like, man, 
this album was so good. Why did why did we never get out? And he's like, well, I left town and and you started a country band and I was like, man, we need to put this out. <laughs> and uh, so we did, and it came out two weeks ago. And in a weird way, all of the messaging that's in the songs that we wrote at the time, mm-hmm. and and even the the sounds sound like they belong now more than they belonged then. Like people yeah. probably would have laughed us out of the yeah. room. And mm-hmm. it's very interesting to to not just rediscover this, but to actually release it and hear what fans are saying because these songs are so comforting at a time that has mm-hmm. so much discomfort in it. You know? Yeah. Right. Take yeah. me where it's open all night. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. It was meant for this time. It was, and that's you just a didn't know thing it. to say. But, the you know, it keeps piling on top of itself. And I, it happens sometimes in your life as a, as a as a writer, you'll write a song that you didn't need yet, but you don't mm-hmm. know that until a year later, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I needed that! How did I know I needed that?" You know, <laughs> it's very yeah. it's a very strange reality, but it, it is very true, and it's re- it's repeated over and over in many many people's lives um, that mm-hmm. create you your mm-hmm. your creative self knows things before your conscious self really does and um you know these band these bands that i'm in we've we've never decided to break up <laughs> you know sugarland just took a pause philly pilgrim just took a pause we uh-huh. that's what it was mm-hmm. yeah well i look <laughs> yes so um fantastic one, yep. One thing I like to do, and you got to roll with it. You know, when it, when it, whenever you happen, you just got to right. roll with it. So, one thing I like to do on our show that I don't think gets enough attention is I always like to allow the artists to talk about the team that makes it. Because you know, the they see the Blakes, they see the Sugarlands, they see the Carries, but they don't see the team that makes them what they are. And without that team, they, the artists can't do what they do. And I, so I always like to give the artists a chance to talk about the team. So tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are. Sure. I mean, it's a very short list. Um, uh, in my world, I, I am a very, again, I'm a very strange creature because um, <laughs> you know, with Billy Pilgrim, Andrew and I walked in with all of our songs. And we already mm-hmm. knew how to make records. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. we had people teach us how to be better at it, but mm-hmm. we uh, similarly Sugarland walked in with all of our own music. So the <laughs> the teams that surround us are very different than the ones that surround uh, others. Uh, yeah. They are our peers. Yeah. Um. Instead instead of um, teams constructed of people who are are trying to um, you know get you the best song or get you the best. Um, I don't know style, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we were we're surrounded by people who have um, a, kind of an army of uh, of people that are trying to help the world discover you. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a wonderful manager 
for Billy Pilgrim at one time he 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 told me he said Christian I don't I don't sell your music I sell the discovery of your music your music does the job huh. all by itself but oh, wow. I need to I the feeling of when you hear a new song that you that speaks to you mm-hmm. it is it, it, it's intoxicating. You know, and you're like, I have no idea, because no one says, oh, my gosh, that's my favorite singer. They always say, that's my favorite song. Oh, yeah. that's so true. Yeah. It's, 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 a un, it's a unique reality for somebody like me. Mm-hmm. Nobody asked me to be something I'm not. The the thing yeah. that I, I, I've had to, to really ask for help for is to say, I need help with a bigger megaphone. <laughs> so... <laughs> I've I've always been grateful for anyone who's ever helped us be on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, those those uh, promotion folks are unbelievably hardworking. You know, they 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 work their tails off to get all of that stuff to go, and it's a mm-hmm. near impossible dream every time. I mean, to be at the top of a chart is impossible. Yeah, it takes. It takes almost yeah. a year or more just for one song from the moment you start it until it gets its peak. So mm-hmm. many times you're sick of your own music long before anybody hears it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, man, do I have to really can, – can we not make something else yet? You know, yeah, like, so like, the, I, like, like achy, breaky heart, you know. I mean, I'm sure Billy Ray gets tired of that one. <laughs> well, and, and there's an. I, I'm not sure you get tired of playing it, but you always want. It's like, it's like people who go through the very trying process of building a house, right? If you've ever done it, um, it it really will almost break up your relationships, right? Um, and yes. or, or a renovation of a house. But once you do it, like once you're like, wow, that last piece fits in the kitchen, and now we're we're good, and. Mm-hmm. In that moment, you're like, well, now I know how to renovate a house. I could totally do it <laughs> again now without all the headaches, mm-hmm. right? Um, <laughs> true. It's similar. That's you finish so making true. an album. Yeah, you finish making an album, and you're like, man, it is time to make a new album. And everybody looks at you like, are you crazy? You just finished an album. <laughs> Which is why I've resorted to having – Yeah, and that's why I've resorted to having multiple bands. So um, oh, wow. as soon as I finish one I, and I get all excited to make one, I'm making one for the other band. So, for instance, this year – That makes a lot um, of sense. It yeah, does. this year we we finished the Sugarland record early in the year. And then um, as quarantine started, uh, my rock band, Dark Water, put out two or three songs. And then now we have dropped the entire Billy Pilgrim catalog. happened a few weeks ago. And I'm – back in the studio right now with my new rock band with dark water. So, um, and Sugarland we'll start back up, you know, whenever they'll let us probably next year touring would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there'll be music that goes along with that. So, so the quarantine kind of helped you out there a little bit. Yeah. In a weird way, you know, I'm, <laughs> I know I'm, somewhat talkative but i i really am an introvert so the idea of being locked in a room for months is kind of cool to me (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and, and you know, that's funny you say that because I've got friends of mine who are speakers who speak in front of 20,000 people. And when they come off that stage, they don't want they, – they just want to get back to their room. They're some of the most shy people you'd ever meet, but you would never know that with them on stage. That makes complete sense to me. <laughs> I figured that would. <laughs> so one of the things I like to do, we talk about this team and stuff, is we've got a third team member, so to speak. Uh, third we co-host, do. our little eight-year-old um, Christopher. So Sandy's gonna get him on to ask his one question. I'll go. And, and you know, when we get um, when Caitlin, who's 18 months old, gets older, she don't know it yet, but she'll, she's gonna be plugged into the show too. <laughs> Fantastic. Because you know we are a family affair. Like you said, you know you throw your kids into everything, but we're throwing them into our show. <laughs> Yes, it. we are. Here's Christopher with his question. Hi, Christian. What's your favorite food? My favorite food is pizza. Yes. What's your favorite food? <laughs> C, we are a lot alike. Do you spell your name with a K <laughs> or a C? C. Oh, yeah. Well, mine's with a K, so we're not all exactly alike, but <laughs> I'm definitely a pizza guy. I love that. Bye, thanks. (laughs) See you later, brother. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I call him our secret weapon because many times we're watching a live that an artist that came on our show is doing, and if they mention our show, they always mention him. I say, hey, he's making us popular here. (laughs) He's the memorable one. He's our secret weapon, secret sauce there. (laughs) There you go. Well, congratulations on raising good kids. Well, thank, oh, you. thank you. So what song of yours um, would you say means the most out of all the songs you've done and why? Uh, I think that changes a lot. Um, there was mm-hmm. a song in the last Sugarland record, right, the most recent one, um, that was called Not the Only, and it's the last song on the record and uh i wrote it literally sitting on a um on a on my luggage outside of a hotel oh, wow. in new york watching i love stories like that by on on valentine's day and uh it it, it was just a very odd experience to see so many people uh, um look so lonely but being in the middle of one of the biggest cities in the world wow. and I wonder, I wonder what it was like to be inside their heads and say tell me I'm not the only one that feels lonely and wouldn't it be cool if they could say that to each other oh wow oh yes powerful point it is thank you it's a great song I love it <laughs> so speaking of writing if you could co-write with any person, any legend or whatever out there, who would it – and we're talking dead or alive. doesn't matter. Who would it be, and what do you think you want to write about? Uh, Bob Marley and whatever he wants to write. I love that <laughs> answer. And whatever oh, he wants choice. to write. <laughs> that is really good. <clears throat> so being that you've done so much in a really short time, because you know that you know, 
you know, you're, you just keep going and you get like, you're like the energizer bunny here. You just keep going and going. Do you have goals and all that for the next five and 10 years? And if so kind of, where do you see yourself going? Oh yeah. I mean, I love my, uh, my new rock band, dark water. I think there's a uh-huh. lot that we have yet to explore. It's, it's, it's kind of loosely based on, um, grateful dead in, in the late 1950s, mm-hmm. early 1970s. And, yeah. uh, there's a, there's a lot to explore there. And I think Jennifer and I, um, we have a lot more records to make as well. So, oh, wow. I mean, I just want to keep mm-hmm. going. I, I, there's no reason to stop. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love that. Now, this next question, I always flip. Everybody goes one way with this question, but I go the other way. So listen carefully on this one. If you could meet your future self, what would you tell him? If I could meet my future self, what would I tell him? Um, yeah. Am I – if I could meet my future self. And, and, and let's I would say tell, that your future self is at the top of – I mean at the top, as high as you can go, that your future self is whatever success you have imagined. You're there. So I'd you probably, get to meet talk, him. I would say, uh, man, you knew it the whole time. <laughs> It wasn't <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you knew where you were going. So let's say exactly. you had a – we got two more – we got a couple questions left, and then we'll let you get out of here and go back to what you were doing. But let's say that you've had a friend, and you heard him or her sing, or them sing, could be a band, don't matter, um, but you heard them sing. And they definitely have something special. There. You see that, that You see that sparkle. And let's say that they've gotten on stage maybe 15 – they've played maybe 50 shows so far. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says. they got that stage bug where they look over the crowd, crowds roaring, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Christian, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would say whatever you do, save your money. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's it just it, mm-hmm. the 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 industry's in up and in a down place, mm-hmm. and you never know what's going to happen. And uh, I tell young artists this all the time. It's like, it's just going to get uh, it's just going to get better, no matter what you do. Yeah. Just don't change your lifestyle. Drive the same yeah, car. I love that. Live in the same house eat the same mm-hmm. food, don't don't go don't go crazy. Like every once in a while you can do something nice for yourself. But yeah. Don't don't start acting like you're Stay somebody frugal. you're not. <laughs> and you know, we're on that same we definitely get that because we're trying to build this brand here. So we're in the same hunt that a lot of these artists who are chasing that dream but on a different platform. And we still drive a ninety six vehicle because you know what? I don't want a car payment right now. I'm trying to build this, and I'm trying to be right so that as we grow, we can do things right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so as we as we end this here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you through social media and your websites. Absolutely. So um, the good part about this is that you can find me from any direction. So if you're a Sugarland fan <laughs> – uh, you can go through Sugarland's world, and you'll eventually find your way to 
to my world, Christian Bush. Uh, if you're going to come in through the 90s, through Billy Pilgrim, you can – I mean, most of the stuff you can just sort of type in, and, and it'll start showing up. But um, the, the thing that I would recommend that you do pretty soon is uh, start subscribing to all of the YouTube pages that have anything to do with the bands I'm in, whether it's Darkwater mm-hmm. music or Sugarland music or – or Christian Bush, or even Billy Pilgrim. Uh, We're about to launch a really interesting, I can't talk about it too much, but um, (laughs) a really, really interesting new piece of technology that it's going to, it's just going to be joyous. And if you subscribe to all those things, you'll get a real chance to, to check in on it. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we definitely look we forward did. to having you back down the road. Fantastic. Well, thanks, guys. I hope everybody stays safe and healthy out there. All right. Thanks. Oh, have a great thanks. day. Bye. Bye, y'all. Thanks. Bye.